you ready to join us for the time of your life? Seniors Association Kingston Region presents a radio show and podcast developed and presented by our members. I'm Don Amos, Executive Director for the Association. Time of Your Life explores how to live with purpose, providing a wealth of knowledge for our listeners on a variety of topics, from health to finance and everything in between. And of course, finding out about the latest leisure and recreation activities happening at the Seniors Association. Here is this week's edition of Time of Your Life. Artists find inspiration in all sorts of places. This week, the Time of Your Life's Carol Weir finds out how Kingston artist Pat Shea turned some of his paintings to politics, thanks to the President of the United States. As a senior, we do have so much flexibility with our time that it is the perfect opportunity to enjoy leisure activities, one of which is an appreciation of art. Hi, Pat. And uh, tell me about yourself and the highlights of your life up to 2018. So where or how did your interest and expertise in art begin? Well, I think uh, it started with humble beginnings. Um, and it, it, when I say beginnings, I mean right from uh, as far back as I can remember, even as a child. Um, myself and uh, my six brothers uh, were brought up at the top of Bay Street in Kingston, right in the center of Kingston. And uh, dad and mom, I think, uh, saw the, the value in uh, encouraging uh, creative uh Creativity and uh, the way they encouraged that was by uh, um, providing us with uh, a chalkboard in the kitchen, and it was right at kid level. And I remember we would all be lined up. You could get as many as three lined up, sitting on a little bench, and and there was always a good supply of chalk, and uh, we just drew away, oh, and. Uh, it became a major obsession for me, and uh, I had some form of artwork on that chalkboard, I think, every week. Wow, that's a, a great um, idea, and it's so easy to do. Uh, well, I think, I think the mom and dad were smart, because trying to raise seven boys, I think uh, Sometimes payday, trying to feed seven boys, uh, made payday a little thin. I'm sure. So um, they didn't really have money for art materials at that point. So having a chalkboard was a ready way, ready uh, made way to uh, provide a, uh, a, a venue for creativity without a huge cost. Fantastic. Somebody was very, very wise, that's for sure. Now, if we move to uh, your life now, um, generally speaking, you have an ability to visualize things. You have a great ability, in other words. Uh, so what, is, what do you consider the focus of your work? Well, the focus of my work, um, well, I guess it's, it's started, I, have to, I, I will have to go back to... Uh, Grade three is the first time I realized um, having some kind of art talent meant something to the world outside of our house. Yeah. 
Uh, up to that point, it had been the chalkboard and everything was for the family. And then in school, in grade three, um, I guess teachers recognized the talent. And uh, I, academically, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't, I was a visual learner, let's say. So um, the, uh, thankfully to the, the teachers, they, they saw that there was uh, some way to express myself other than in the written word. And they would ask me to do projects for the class. Like I drew uh, my very first portrait was of Elmer, the safety elephant. Oh, yeah. Great. And uh, um, I got such a positive response from the Elmer, Elmer the safety elephant, that uh, I went on to do uh, St. Patrick on Patty's Day and and all these other things. So uh, I, I started developing uh, just a, a desire to refine my craft into something that was uh, recognizable and respected too among artists. And I don't know if it's a competitive side because myself and my brothers, we all drew and we were competitive uh, with each other as far as drawing goes. I think uh, I started to want to achieve a level of respectability in the art community and uh, then when I was 13, my uh, mom and dad uh, had done, you know, endured 13 years of me being yeah. creative on a chalkboard and other places. And I was uh, getting very proficient at what I was doing. And I think 13 was an early age to get an oil painting set, but uh, they got me one. And I started to try to emulate the uh, group of seven which is a hard thing for a 13-year-old to get his head around because um, the group did work that, uh, and I didn't even know what it was called. It was it was Impressionism, but I had no idea that um, to achieve Impressionism, you had to uh, start removing detail and not understanding the philosophy of removing detail. I would... Uh, I would just paint away and try to emulate them because for a 13 year old, I was getting an emotional, uh, uh, kind of, uh, feeling from looking at the group's work. I was very attached to the cottage country and, and I couldn't understand how their minimalistic, uh, um, visions of the Northland and, and back country spoke to me so well and up to that point like a lot of young artists I was putting so much detail into my work and didn't realize that it was some of that detail was sapping away the emotional part so uh, the next part of my goal was to uh, become uh, sophisticated uh, uh, technical uh, colorist and uh, and concentrated more on uh, color mixing, brushwork, and composition. It's it's remarkable um, at that in that era that you would or the teachers would recognize your the best mode of learning for you was visually. That's uh, really set you on a wonderful path now, where you uh, have have this had started with a focus of nature and uh, the group of seven. Um, and you've progressed from that. So now, as you d- 
did change from being a 13-year-old with regard to your artistry. Um, how did your focus change or what steps did it have you taken through this career, your career as an artist? I, I guess the focus, uh, you follow... Um, I was in a gallery, and uh, of course, gallery owners have suggestions as to how they okay. want your work to turn out. Sure. And that probably explains why I had always had an issue with uh, <laughs> the way how, how well I got along with galleries because yes. they were always telling me what to paint. And, right. And uh, if I painted one thing and they sold it right away, they would just say, "Just paint that one over and over again, please." Right. Yes. And you know, we'd get into an argument. Well, so you have people influencing you in, in trying to change your focus, but I think um, artists understand that they have to paint from a very uh, honest point of view for themselves. And so I was following a focus, and I didn't try to paint things to sell them. Okay. And that's another reason why I was in galleries in the 90s and... Uh, Toronto, Montreal, and Ottawa, and I couldn't, well, I would think long and hard about why I wasn't getting along with the gallery owners, and it always came down to this focus thing where uh, they wanted me to paint a certain way to sell work, and I just wanted to paint things that made me uh, interested in painting more. More in a minute with Kingston artist Pat Shea. You're listening to The Time of Your Life, presented by the Seniors Association Kingston Region, every Wednesday morning at 11.30 on CFRC 101.9 FM. About the Seniors Association Kingston. We are a nonprofit, charitable organization specializing in recreation and leisure activities for today's active older adults. The association offers 250 programs designed for those 50 plus at four locations across Kingston. Check out our latest program guide and registration information at seniorskingston.ca. Each fall, the Seniors Association appeals for donations. Help Keep Us Strong is the theme for this year's 2019 campaign. It's a great theme because keeping our association strong requires two things. People who want to be strong themselves and people who want to keep the association strong. We want the Seniors Association to be here for us and for those who will follow in our footsteps. As a charity, the Seniors Association relies on donations to keep us going, to help keep us strong. Every donation makes a difference, and you can make a difference too. Call 613-548-7810 today to donate. And now back to Carol Weir and her conversation with Kingston artist Pat Shea. 
moving into the 90s, I realized that I had to be more flexible with myself. And art materials are expensive. So I realized that some part of me had to fold to this, um, you know, the commercial side. Right. So I did uh, produce some work uh, that both pleased me and art buyers. And I was making enough money to buy the art materials. So then I would get asked to paint, uh, well, I was asked to paint the mayor's portrait for City Hall. Oh, yes. And I realized that I could go out on a limb and paint something really crazy that was, you know, my own expression of that person. But I thought, you know, maybe in a bigger center like Paris or New York, that would fly. And if I had a a big name, as far as being an artist, like Andy Warhol or something, that might work. But for me... I knew my uh, my customer, the mayor, yes. would have to be pleased with what he saw. So I did a pretty straight up, straightforward, well disciplined portrait. I of guess the mayor. I would say that you uh, were really cognizant of the culture of Kingston and uh, knew that people would want to uh, relate to whatever your depiction of the. Uh, political office was the mayor for exactly example. you did talk you you mentioned people of influence and it, and in my regard i would think of you as a person of influence as far as so in other words i'm wondering if you could give us some advice when one looks at a piece a painting what what should we be what should the public be looking at do we look at the color do we look at the line uh, the subject matter what do you suggest is the 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 direction that people should look at a piece of work. Mm-hmm. Well, I think um, a person looking for artwork, the very first thing they should look at is their budget oh, okay. for art. Right. And art isn't like buying a car. It's it's it shouldn't be. It's okay. Sh- let me correct myself there. It shouldn't be like buying a car. You shouldn't have to when you go into buying a piece of artwork. You shouldn't have to worry about talking to the artist as you might have a fear of talking to a car salesman right. because okay. a car salesman is going to sell you that car regardless of how you feel. Right. Well, I think artists, artists I know don't want to sell their artwork that way. There's all different disciplines of art and uh, you don't have to be knowledgeable about art. 90% of the people in the world, including doctors and lawyers, don't know about art they just know what they like okay and i would say that's the best way to buy artwork is to buy what you like but um some people say there's you know quite often an artist will put an artist statement with a piece oh yes and i would ignore the artist statement okay and uh because the artist statement is is a bit of a sales pitch about the artwork and seeing if you agree with the artist's philosophy. Right. And uh, sometimes, as you see in modern art, you're just buying the philosophy because, you know, the painting might be uh, a not representational work. So then you're looking at, um, uh, you're buying the artist's reputation okay. and his statement. You recently, you seem to have uh, a political message within your visualization and your artwork. Tell me how this interest started or more about your interest in this, the political sphere right now. Well, I, 
I've always had a big interest in, uh, as, as well as the Impressionists, I've, my interest in art goes back to the Baroque times and, and Renaissance. Right. When there were a lot of messages in their art. Caravaggio. Yes. Um, there's subliminal messages all through his art. Okay. And they're very representational pieces, but there's a lot of symbolism in, in the paintings and what's going on. So, um, that's always been in my mind. And in some of my work, I would have to go through it, but there are subliminal, uh, messages about the environment or something like that, or, or about personal relationships, but they're so subtle that, you know, some people wouldn't get it. And, That's right. and other ones would be so obvious that it's yes. like hitting somebody over with a two by okay. or the head with a two by four. It's so right. obvious. So um, I've always had that interest, but it's never been uh, energized in until recently. And that, uh, I have to say, Donald Trump has uh, really uh, moved me to uh, put that artwork into my, or put that uh, message, m more messages into my artwork. Excellent. Right. But yeah. I was actually able to marry the two interests, uh, my interest in uh, Renaissance and Baroque art uh, with uh, the modern day Trump uh, government because that's what happened with the first painting. Wow. Well, now tell me the story of of the of the first painting and when you um, decided to incorporate that political sphere into your work. What happened? Well, up till now, um, I've had. Tons of ideas yes. for putting uh, messages into paintings, but I've never had a way. It's never the, the message has never been delivered to me in a clear enough fashion that I was had the courage to execute it. Now that all changed when Trump came along because it was before it was the night he was elected. Yes, I would say the very next day, I thought of a painting of Napoleon, um, and it was called the Coronation of Napoleon. And done by Jacques-Louis David. And uh, in that painting, he's taken the crown from the Pope and he's putting it on uh, Josephine. So I that image popped in my head with all new characters. With Trump being Napoleon. Um, on the altar behind him are missiles. Uh, you know, ballistic missiles. And uh, members of the Republican Party. And uh, in, in front of him, he's... He's taken the crown and he's putting it on Melania. There's, in that painting, there's references to the NRA, mm -hmm. uh, the banks that were too big to fail, uh, his rich cronies. And I put a woman in a bikini in the, in the crowd. And people would ask me why I put that there. And this was back in 2016. I said, I'm not sure. But now I know it's Stormy Daniels. Have you got other paintings that have been influenced uh, in it by the political scene? Well, after that, I did, uh, the first time impeachment was mentioned, I did, uh, so the the first one was uh, based on a composition by Jacques-Louis David, the coronation of uh, Napoleon. Okay. The second one, I followed it up with a composition by Caravaggio, and it's called The Impeachment of Donald, Donald Trump, Fake News. Wow. And uh, it's modeled after one of Caravaggio's... Uh, compositions of the martyrdom of saint matthew and then the third one was called saint donaldo and uh i just finished that one and it's down hanging in frameworks but um 
Yeah, I... Uh, the St. Donaldo, the, la- the latest one, came uh, a full year after the last one. So I don't just crank these out. Um, they have to pop into my head right. for me to do them. Yes. This is CFRC 101.9 FM. You can listen to CFRC wherever you go. We broadcast in stereo 24-7, 365 over the air on 101.9 FM. Kojiko Cable, Channel 282, and streaming live at cfrc.ca or on your iPhone app. You are listening to The Time of Your Life, presented by the Seniors Association Kingston Region. CFRC's annual fundraising drive runs from November 2nd to 9th, with a goal this year of $30,000. You can donate online at www.cfrc.ca or by phone at 613-533-CFRC. The Time of Your Life airs twice weekly on the world's oldest campus community radio station, which dates back to an experimental station at Queen's University in the 1920s. And now the final part of Carol Weir's interview with Kingston artist Pat Shea. What about the next steps in your artistic endeavors? Have you got any ideas that have uh, surfaced? Uh... Well, probably not. I've always followed this natural, whether it's going from impressionism and then doing a refined discipline for portraits, and then I went back and I do more impressionistic work, and then the Trump paintings came along and I did those, This which is a totally different discipline as far as brushwork and everything goes. And I've been... Uh, had a lot of enjoyment and fulfillment from doing it that way so I don't actually plan my uh, my future as far as art right. goes it's kind of a go by feel for those of us who live in Kingston uh, you have uh, painted a lot of, of scenes from Kingston which are really very very relevant uh, for us whether we want it for ourselves or for um, others or whatever um, was that just in the past, or do you see yourself doing more of that? Having grown up in Kingston, and um, I've read a lot about Kingston's history, and our family, uh, the Shays and the Fishers, go back to the 1800s. The interest is always there in the city yeah, and yeah. how it's changing. Yes. But I like past and present. So I, I continue every now and then. Uh, right now, I have to see something that's unique and different than anything else I've seen because there's a lot of Kingston artists. Uh, some, some are good friends of mine. Right. Bob Lenderman and uh, Sally Chupik have all done Kingston scenes. I will, paint, I will continue to paint Kingston scenes as long as I have, uh, get visuals of things I haven't seen before, yeah, which are good. rarer and rarer because <laughs> with everybody painting it, but... Yeah, I'll just follow my, my heart there in, in Kingston and, and continue to paint. I do have a plan for uh, a painting of City Hall from uh, the 1800s era. Oh, I'm going to do some research right. and, and probably uh, do that one in the future. I'm still uh, I'm going in so many different directions right now. And, yes. But yeah. that's what keeps me interested. I, You know, I'll, I'll do an Impressionist uh, painting of... Uh, as you saw this, the still life in Paris, yes. and then uh, 
go on to something else after that, you know, maybe a portrait or something. Now, if someone is interested in seeing your work, or more importantly, purchasing it, where would you direct them to go? Uh, The best thing to do is just phone me or get in touch with me through Facebook. Uh, There's a public Facebook uh, site called Pat Chase Gallery. Right. And you can actually see some work before you approach me. But I'm always, I try to, anyone who approaches me, I always try to let them know right away that this isn't a, a do or die thing. Just because you said something like, I'm interested in art doesn't mean I'm going to be knocking your door down. In fact, people have been surprised how reluctant I am to sell them I see. Yeah. artwork. And it's, it, it's not I'm reluctant to sell them artwork. I, there's no pressure sales. I tell people that test, you know, if they come to my home and they see something they're thinking they might want to buy, I tell them to take it home and hang it on their wall. Oh, excellent! And idea. if you don't like it, yes. See, everybody thinks if they take it, they got it. They they've got it. Nope. I say bring it back because I, the paintings are like my children. Yes. I like. I don't want them to go into a home where they're not going to be totally appreciated, and. You know, I've throughout my life, I've never done art for the money. So it's not, there's there's no pressure sales. And I always ask people when they say they're interested in artwork, I always ask them what their budget is. Now, as we draw to a close, is there any other information we have missed or you'd like to share with our listeners? Commissions are a great way to, for some, a first time buyer to go. Right. And I help people with commissions, um, you know, they'll say, oh, I, you know, I want a piece of artwork and uh, not sure what I want. Right. I'll say, let's go through your photo albums. Oh, very good. Because there might be a vision of a scene somewhere that they've always loved and wanted to remember. And uh, some uh, memories are better as oil paintings than as photographs. Oh, I see. Okay, they sure. come to life yeah. in oils. I don't know why, but and I've. You know, when we talked, I talked to the city a long time ago about, you know, having uh, oil portraits versus photographs of mares. Yes, excellent. And uh, a lot of people agree with me that there's something about an oil painting that that has more life in it and makes uh, the person seem uh, more immediate and close. I really want to thank you. I appreciate you giving our listeners your time and expertise um, in art with... um, it's always of interest to hear the background stories mm. of in its development. For more information about this week's guest, check out his Facebook page at Pat Shea's Gallery or contact Frameworks on Princess Street in downtown Kingston. Thanks for listening. We hope that you had the time of your life. Tune in next week for a new episode or check out our podcast. Visit seniorskingston.ca and follow the links. The show is produced by retired broadcaster Ken Day, and don't forget to tune in to CFRC 101.9 FM for the next episode of Time of Your Life. Thank you for listening to this podcast produced at CFRC 101.9 FM in Kingston, Ontario at Queen's University, situated on the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples. The CFRC Podcast Network at podcast.cfrc.ca is brought to you by the generous support of the Queen's University Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences.